The numbers coming across the wire and ouch, a little bit higher than expected. Look at this move lower in the indices. Wow, a significant reversal. What a move lower from up three quarters of a percent to down three quarters of a percent in the NASDAQ. Look at this, down one and a quarter percent right now. Uh, this is going to ruffle some feathers, to say the least here. Let's bring in Scott Bauer right away. He's the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. I mean, uh, this is just staggering in many ways. The ES just gave back 60 points in a heartbeat here. Again, Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, joining us to take a look at the numbers. Scott, uh, I don't even know where to begin with this. I mean, we were hoping to see a little bit of easing in terms of inflationary pressures. I mean, what was this? Boy, Ben, your, your call just now just reminded me of something we <laughs> did a while back. The I flash think, I think crash all, audio, yeah. It, it, exactly. Wow, this is a massive surprise here. Um, boy, we, we, we could see a pretty big down day today. Now, let, let's see what all the components are here. Let's see what, you know, the core is. I, I haven't seen that quite yet, but this headline number, Wow, this is a shocker. Scott, let me break it down for you real quick because we have it on the screen here. The core CPI on a month-over-month -month basis came in at 0.6. Now, they were looking for that to be flat at 0.3, so twice as much as expected, 0.6. Again, the CPI, uh, a month over month, the headline, they were looking for a decline, down 0.1. It actually came in up 0.1, so a tenth of a percent increase from prior levels, two-tenths higher than they were looking for. CPI year over year, the headline number, look at this. It did decline from prior levels at 8.5 to 8.3, but it came in above expectations. Uh, they were looking for a decline there from 8.5 to 8.1, again at 8.3 actual, but the core, look at this, 6.3. I mean, uh, we were expecting a small uptick there, but 6.3, Scott, from 5.9. Again, I mean, I said ruffle some feathers. It looks like it's done more than that. The NASDAQ's down 2%. Unbelievable. And you know what? I haven't looked at the CME FedWatch tool yet, but I've got to imagine that not only is the 75-point hike probably at 100% right now or oh, 99%. Yeah. I would not be surprised if there is oh, yeah. now chatter, now talk of a full point hike. I, I've got to take a look at that. This this is this is one of those outlier numbers, Ben. We, we talk about you know how outlier numbers can move the market overall. This is one of those that absolutely nobody expected. This is so true, Scott. I'd agree with you on that. And let's just check in on the treasuries real quick. Look at the two-year. I mean, this thing is spiking right now. And I'm seeing it across the board for that matter. The two-year coming off, we're talking about down uh, on the day here, back down below the 104 handle right now. It's not just the two-year. I've got the five, I've got the 10-year coming off bonds right now to 131.20, headed into the number. Scott, they were trading 133.07. Here you yep. can see again, Treasury's extending the losses here. Uh, the two-year on the move lower, and let's just kind of work our way through. Here's a look at the five-year. Also, new lows, uh, again, coming into play here, taking out those uh, September lows. Look at the 10-year. This is the ZN contract, and here you can see also the ZB. So, uh, yeah, the bonds all the way through to the two-year. Scott, talk to me, because a uh, similar situation. I mean, look at the dollar. It's up a half a percent. You'd expect to see a big yep. move like this, and this is going to be one of those ripples uh, from the epicenter of this number and the impact thereof. Oh, yeah, ripple effect throughout the entire market here. You know, I think we're going to start seeing the 10-year, you know, I'm not sure exactly where it is right now. Three and a half was about the highest that we saw in June. My guess is we're going we're gonna to shoot right to that number, maybe even higher. And when you look at other currencies now that, that have gained against the dollar over the last week or so because the dollar has been a little weaker, I got to imagine they're giving back some of the euro, the yen, 
uh, with the dollar, you know, coming off those lows, probably going to approach those highs that we saw just a couple weeks ago at around 110.79 or so. You know, I'm looking uh, real quickly here at the U.S. dollar right now. And just give me a second because I want to pull this up and uh, I want to take a look at two separate time frames. First and foremost, we've got the one minute time frame for you. And here you can see, look at this move here, Scott. I mean, uh, 107.67 up to 108.93. You're talking about a 200, okay, 120, 130 points. I don't want to exaggerate this, but a significant move to say the least here. We're currently trading up on the day by four tenths percent. Here's a look at the bigger picture. Scott, this has me a little bit concerned though. You know, I mean, we've been talking about how, okay, if the Fed's a little bit behind the curve and if they're having to aggressively combat inflation, where does that put Europe? I mean, talk about the Euro currency coming under pressure and uh, uh, the ECB. I mean, this is going to raise some eyebrows there, to say the least. I mean, I imagine Christine Lagarde's a bit unsettled in her chair this morning. Oh, there's no question about it. You know, there, there's been some chatter coming out of the ECB that they may even have to hike rates to 2%. And they yeah. just remember, they, they were just negative. They've been negative for, you know, for the longest time here. So um, central bankers around the world right now have got to be scratching their heads. And I know we're not going to hear anything from Powell and company because they're in their blackout right, period right. ahead of next week. Um, they've all got to be scratching their heads and say, wow, we did not expect this. Uh, Bundesbank president over the weekend, I think it was, had some real hawkish comments. Um, Scott, as we speak to this uh, um, uh, high inflation print, one thing that comes to mind is this rail strike, which is going on right now, or potentially about to come about uh, on Friday, ultimately. I mean, uh, Amtrak already kind of limiting some of their longer term routes. Um, I mean, it, when you're talking about inflationary pressures, you talk about supply chain constraints. And when you talk about the rails, yep. I mean, we need this uh, flow to continue ultimately. Otherwise, these numbers that we're looking at here could just be on the rise and continue too. Oh, that, that, that is just a pile on if that happens, Ben. That that would be, I, I don't want to say catastrophic. I, yeah. I don't want to sound, yeah. you know, just doomsday. Yeah. But that would just be something that would really affect the markets. Um, the last thing we need are any more, uh, you know, a, any more constraints on supply chain as we were just maybe starting to, to see the end of the light, you know, the end of the tunnel here. So that is absolutely some concern. Wow, market's still coming off here. Look at this NASDAQ down 2%, over 2%. The ES, the Dow, the Russell also down over 1%. Scott, uh, you know, this kind of shifts attention to the PPI number tomorrow as well, right? I mean, if we're seeing it on the consumer side, in theory, these numbers have been a little bit more closely tied recently than ever. Absolutely, they have been. So so I think that, that the curve has probably shifted for expectations for tomorrow based on, on this shocking report this morning. Scott, uh, uh, lastly, obviously, you've got retail sales uh, this week. Some of the other factors, some of the other uh, data to watch. Uh, what else do you have your eye on? Well, yeah, I mean, based on this number here, I would expect retail sales to come in, you know, pretty strong as well. I mean, that just, you know, underpins that the, the consumer is just not slowing down, even though, you know, we saw gas prices go from, what, $5.70 down to three seventy, dollars And that, that's, you know, the biggest component of the energy sector of, of CPI here. The consumer is probably still out there spending, spending. And unfortunately, Ben, inflation does not look like it's going away anytime soon.
You know, Scott, I was talking about this with Oliver yesterday about how the Fed's been masterful in terms of their leaks or kind of precursors, depending on how you want to put it. Not on this one. Well, hold on a second, because Yellen over the weekend was talking about energy prices on the rise and how this could spark further inflationary pressures. I'm just sort of wondering if that was kind of like a little bit of a buffer, if that was her attempt to kind of uh, get us prepared for a higher than expected CPI number, which we didn't necessarily heed the warning. But if you remember, it was just a couple of meetings ago, we got that Bloomberg release where we heard that, OK, the Fed's going to go 75, right? And then a couple other whispers as of the most recent 75 basis point rate. Like, this is just, I wonder if it's kind of one of those uh, information drops or, or kind of one of these seeds that they plant to kind of help us uh, grow expectations. And in this instance, maybe we kind of missed the warning on this one. Well, you know, Powell's been pretty good, especially coming out of Jackson Hole. He, he's historically been pretty good at, at trying to lay the landscape here. And, and you know, yelling is one thing, but I think that Powell, uh, you know, if he was trying to to set out what was going to happen here, he obviously did a really poor job. I mean, <laughs> I, like you, that. I mean, to, I like to, that. to say the least, to say the least here. Maybe Yellen was trying to set the landscape here, but now it's got to be, Ben, not what's going to happen September 21st, what's going to happen on the next meeting yeah. and the next yeah. meeting. You know, the Fed's tar November, new target. December. Yeah, yeah. the Fed's new target for, for first quarter next year was 4%. That may be four and a quarter, four and a half now. Mm. Scott, uh, you know, it also kind of uh, points to that uh, disparity we've seen in terms of uh, Asian inflationary pressures, kind of uh, much more muted than what we've seen as far as the U.S., China, Japan, for that matter. Yes, it will. And, and, and you know, if we look directly at the yen, boy, oh, boy, th this is going to put so much pressure yeah. on on the yen because, you know, their central bankers, they're, they're still buying unlimited amounts of government bonds. They are trying to keep their 10-year borrowing costs under 0.25%. This shocker right here now is going to probably widen the gap here and, and bring the yen back to that weakest point that we saw last week, up around 145 or so. Um, they're they're going to have some issues here. Another new low in the overnight session here, Scott, to 68.88. I mean, this is a trend that's been long in the tooth but continues to play out here. Not something uh, to get in front of. Uh, a freight train uh, runaway through the yard in many ways, I think, is a, a good way to describe this. Scott, go on. Get started with your day. It's a very busy one Thanks. ahead. Uh, I appreciate you helping us break down this number here. Surprise. Uh, number to the upside here, pointing towards higher inflationary pressures than we expected. Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy.